the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. Have we finally seen the end of the crypto winter? Bitcoin is up more than 20% since the start of 2023, and it happened almost magically since the 1st of January. Ether, the second largest crypto after Bitcoin, is also up about 20%. Also moving higher are crypto-related stocks such as Exchange Coinbase, which was up 39%, while Bitcoin miner Marathon Digital Holdings surged 76%. What's the reason for this? Well, U.S. stocks are also trending higher and there are signs that global inflation is cooling and risk assets are back on the buy list. There's another piece of news that may have slipped your attention. The Bank of International Settlements, or the BIS, recently gave the okay for banks to invest 2% of their portfolios in cryptos, which potentially means $3.6 trillion flowing into the crypto market by 2025. And that's according to crypto analyst Giannis Andreo. That's not to say the banks will leap into cryptos. But it was the banks themselves that asked the BIS to allow them to invest in cryptos. So it's clear something big is coming. Joining us to discuss this is crypto analyst Giannis Andrea, author of the recently released book, The Bible of Cryptocurrency, which we'll get into in a minute. But first of all, welcome, Giannis. This is your first time on the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast. Let's start off with this announcement by the BIS that the banks will be free to invest up to 2% of their portfolios in crypto. Now, if you look at the total assets under bank control, that's about $180 trillion. 2% is about $3.6 trillion. It's quite an important announcement. What impact do you think this is going to have on the crypto market generally? Hi, Kieran, and thank you for having me on this uh, podcast. So it's a big movement from the banks. And actually, the the banks were asking even for a higher percentage. They were asking to allocate at least 5% of their portfolio in crypto, and which would have led that to more trillions of dollars potentially uh, to the crypto. So at this time, we are like potentially we have uh, like if we do the simple months of 2%, we can expect around $3.6 trillion. And uh, that's not going to happen, of course, in one day, but it's going to definitely start happening from uh, from the 2025 uh, over time. You know, until then, it's going to happen a lot of different things which are important for the crypto market to develop and to uh, to expand. And when we see the banks also participating on this one here, then we see the big future of uh, of the cryptos and where they're going to lead. And the, then the global crypto adoptions that will take place uh, with the participation of the banks uh, in the same time. Because it's not just the banks with $3.6 trillion, but if we only count the participation of the banks with $3.6 trillion, and if we just do some simple math of where the Bitcoin was uh, last year at the all-time high, which was $69,000, and then we had the total market cap of the crypto, $2.9 trillion, with simple maths, that means that the entire crypto market, or the let's say the Bitcoin price, would be at least $100,000 per one Bitcoin, just with the participation of the banks with this 2% allocation. And uh, what is expected also from that point is going to be also regulations and it's going to be more adoption and the banks can even negotiate for higher percentage because the, the first target was for 5%, which means that with more adoptions, more global regulations, then the BIS can allow the banks to have maybe 
3% or 4% or 5% because the stakeholders of the banks that were asking, first they got 1% last year in July, they okay from the BIS and they renegotiated and then they got 2% and maybe in two years from now we can see even more. I mean, it is interesting because I think the early adopters of crypto, they sort of regarded this as an act of rebellion against the banks. And now you're seeing the banks asking the BIS if they can get involved in cryptos and they've been given the green light for that. Does this not mean potentially that the banks are going to end up in control of this? And is that a good thing? I think there's going to be somehow a participation of the banks and, and there's going to be a takeover from the banks and the wealth management uh, institutions because the retail investors doesn't have the power to control the market. Nobody knows now how, how exactly it's going to develop in the future, but the big money is definitely from the banks and from the big institutional investors like BlackRock, Vanguard, etc. And uh, mostly right now, in the risk of taking over from banks and the wealth management investors is Ethereum. Because if they take over the 51% of the total Ethereum, then they, they can control the protocol and decide what should happen with it, you know? Yeah, let's come back to that that Ethereum. There, there is a potential danger of that, but I just want to go on about the, the the crypto adoption rate is accelerating. Countries like El Salvador and Central African Republic now accept Bitcoin as legal tender. Give us your sense and your analysis. Where is the crypto adoption cycle going to go in the next two to three years? I mean, now we are in the development of the regulations around the world and um, crypto are already mainstream. I saw the other day uh, statistics, 900 million people are using crypto in one or another way. They're using it like buying or selling or using because of the NFTs or kind of, you know, in, in one another way they're using it. And all the countries around the world now knows that they have to put some regulations there. And once the regulations are clear at every everywhere, and most importantly in US, uh, Europe, and UK, then we can see the crypto adoption. And I think it's very good that it's happening right now because we are in a, a global bear market, not just the crypto stock market and everything. And to happen also this in the same time to be set the regulations and to be clarity of what should be and should not be on the crypto space will help this to for the next bull run cycle to explode and to be like adoption everywhere. And I think we are much closer to the global adoption than we think right now. Right. I mean, 900 million people, that is a huge number. And I guess that would include stable coins, as you say, and NFTs as well. One would expect to see that the the bear market that we're in, and I opened up by saying, you know, Bitcoin is up more than 20%. Actually, today is closer to 30% up since the beginning of the year. Are we at the end of the bear market, in your opinion? No, not at all. Because uh, we have to see several uh, indicators and right now the most important uh, thing about the end of the bear market is the Fed to stop raising the interest rates. And in order to happen that, should be the inflation should be at least lower than 4% in US. And there is still a war going on, which is creating a, uh, an energy crisis. The, the inflation is not going to come down so easily. And the Fed has made clear early this year that they are not looking to stop the, the increase of the rates for this year at all. 
So uh, what is mostly expected is the first quarter of uh, 2023 to ease, to stop the increase of the interest rates and then to allow the market to breathe again. I think from six to nine months from now, like quarter two, quarter three, uh, it's going to be somehow a bottom. I mean, always is going to be a volat- volatility like 10 to 20 percent or even more up and down. But that doesn't mean that is even up or downtrend. It's the crypto market. If you see right now in the last six, seven months, it's around 20,000. Bitcoin goes once 22, 25, then 2016, 18. The, some other stuff happens and push the price down. It's stuck there. It is not moving more up or down. So you see it for the first quarter at least of this year or maybe the first half of this year, you see it stuck kind of around about where it is at the moment, maybe between 23000 and $16,000 or maybe, as some people are saying, going even lower to $14,000. It is very possible to go even uh, ten to twelve thousand dollars because right now what is happening is we had just some few good news in U.S. The inflation a bit lower, the employment uh, unemployment rate also got lower, and some other few stuff around. And they are the traders and the whales they are speculating right now, and they they push just a bit the price up. But what is expected for the stock market, which is of course bigger market, is to go at least twenty to thirty percent down from the point that we are now and uh, and when the stock market goes down then it takes also the the crypto market downs because of the risk and that happened always happens always and this correlated the stock market with the crypto market so it means that uh, we could see easily a 50 60 percent drop from from the point that we are now and of course this is uh, predictions and you know based on the data nothing it's uh you know 100 <laughs> percent but just looking at all the data that are available right now let's just go back to this point about the banks entering into the crypto space and you raised the issue of ethereum is there not a danger that the, the, the banks will end up controlling 51 percent of ethereum which is theoretically possible in which case ethereum can kiss goodbye to its claim to be a decentralized crypto network uh, will it end up, do you think, under the control of the banks? And what would that mean for the, the Ethereum price and Ethereum projects? Well, uh, what I can say right now is that nothing is uh, certain about what's going to happen with Ethereum. Because Ethereum is a free asset which anybody can acquire. So uh, right now we are in the middle of a global financial war, which means that you don't know if a, a country which hates another other country will or uh, the other bank system will just because of the financial war will adopt bigger uh, stake on Ethereum or it will be from another wealth management asset like BlackRock and taking a higher stake or what or like the people running because it's going to be global adoption they're going to they're going to have a, a big amount of Ethereum the you know hundreds of millions of people taking a portion of it really we don't know what's going to happen but what i have seen from my experience is that uh, there's not that uh, kind of dream of total decentralization and nobody controls nothing so somebody something controls uh, and will control always even the even uh, people think about bitcoin is not controlled from anybody and that's not true because the biggest uh, companies uh, who mines the bitcoin who has the the hash power of the bitcoin they control it and of course they cannot just make decision to do you know it's, it is uh, very tricky this about the centralization decentralization because it has a lot of different parts but uh, definitely 
it's still, in my opinion, from what I, from my experience uh, with the cryptocurrency in many years now, is still much better option, Bitcoin, Ethereum, the cryptos, than the, the existing bank system that we have now. Because of the, the, the blockchain technology and the ability to do transactions without uh, an agent or a middleman, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you know the protocol, it's a look. In this way, for example, uh, you know that you can use it. And with the bank system, you never know. You do a transaction, something is wrong, take days, weeks to clear. You go and withdraw money and you may have to go through a whole interview while you're taking your own money out. And it's crazy and creates uh, insecurity. Or they can seize your bank account because you have a different uh, uh, political opinion. And uh, this stuff are going on uh, too much in the last few years. Okay, you recently interviewed Shangpeng Shao, or CZ as he's better known. He's the founder and owner of Binance, which astonishingly now controls about, I think, 70-80% of the world trade in cryptos. That was after the collapse, the collapse of the FTS exchange, which CZ appears to have triggered by selling the FTT token. That was the house currency of the FTX exchange. And it was a clearly worthless currency, as we now found out. What were some of the key takeaways from your interview with CZ? And, and when was that? It was like last month or so, right? Yeah, it was the 25 November in Greece. Uh, we had a Binance meetup there and I was invited as well. And uh, CZ was uh, there. I had 20 questions uh, to CZ. I made 20 questions to him and the interview is also available on YouTube. Anybody can see it anytime. So what CZ mentioned is that... Um, at this time, it's very like I ask a lot of things, and we were, of course, for 50 minutes interviewing. But some of the most important things that I got from this interview is that uh, the the future of crypto is huge, and there's going to be uh, a global adoption of it, and there's no question about it. And uh, on the crypto, the most important, especially right now, is to build. And also, for he mentioned for the exchanges and the crypto projects, that is very important to build to build products that people will use and not to try to speculate uh, and you know to do several several stuff and uh, also when i asked him about what happens with the bear market why we are in a bear market and when we're gonna see bull market etc and he says that it's not just one thing it's uh, several things happening which i also uh, had the same opinion because some people think because of the uh, luna uh, collapse or ftx collapse we are in a bear market no there is a several like there's many different things that we are it, it happens that we are now in the bear market and uh, he he mentioned also about the centralization, the centralization that is not black and white and it's some somewhere gray, the, the situation. And there's going to be always like when you go, for example, to organization and say that it's decentralized and somebody start working for that decentralized organization, automatically you have somebody controlling. And from that point, it is a part of the centralization at the same time. And also, like uh, yes, we had we have gone through pain on the crypto market and some uh, some bad things uh, like the FTX collapse, Luna, and all this. But uh, this will make the entire market stronger and will survive. We'll get over it, and of course, we'll continue to grow and to have the the global adoption that we are waiting. Yeah, I listened to that interview. It was a couple of very interesting points made. There, one of the points that uh, I th found quite interesting. He says, "Get your." 
crypto off the exchanges, including Binance. There's no benefit to you know for Binance to you having your crypto on their exchange. I think it's a pain for them because they have to custody it and they have to make sure it's safe. That was the one thing. And the other thing is he's very enthusiastic about regulations because he does see this as a way for broader crypto adoption. Is that your reading of the situation? Yeah. So uh, Binance has the trust wallet or they, they say that there's no profit for Binance to keep the crypto in the Binance, as you say. And it's it's funny because this is the only exchange in the world and the biggest exchange, as you said, controls now around 70 to 80 percent of the entire market and says, if you don't trade on our platform, don't keep it. You keep it in your wallet. And also I asked him, uh, very good that you mentioned about the regulations, uh, and I asked him also about the participation of the, of the politicians. Are they uh, in, against of the crypto? Or are they going to be supporting crypto, etc.? And he say, you know, it's not one or two politicians. Uh, like, it's very general, and it's going to be against of, and it's going to be other facing crypto, etc. But no matter what is the opinion of a politician, they, they, of course, they cannot stop the, the, the entire adoption. And the regulations is what's going to make the clarity and to create the trust on the people so they can uh, safely invest and uh, have, uh, have their, their investments uh, not worried about it. I think Binance in itself is an extraordinary story that it ends up with 70, 80 percent of the crypto markets. It's only been around four or five years. That itself is is fascinating. He did sort of touch on that and why it was. He provided, in in essence, he made it so attractive for people to come onto the exchange to buy and sell cryptos in a fairly simple to understand way. But there's got to be other reasons. How do you account for this? And is it a good thing? I mean, do we not need a, you know a few big players like Binance to eat away at that market share? Well, I will tell you my takeaway. Last uh, month was some uh, fear and uncertainty spreaded from the mainstream media because they were afraid from FTX. And uh, CZ was mentioned that, guys, if 100% of the people, of the customers, uh, withdraw their crypto from Binance, Binance will be still okay. If you do that, with, if you go to the bank and you <laughs> ask to withdraw your money, 100%, there is no money to withdraw. And uh, some also, I, when I did some videos about the, the safety of Binance, I mentioned this. Binance doesn't play as other exchanges like FTX played. Binance doesn't trade the money of the uh, of the customers, doesn't touch the money of the customers, doesn't do any of that um, anyway. That that things mistakes, let's say uh, that FTX did. They have a high ethical operation. They provide the best services. They are, I think, they are very fair on what they provide providing. Uh, they are not perfect that because anything I don't know anything in this planet that is totally 100% perfect for everybody, but they are providing the best services uh, that any other exchange that can provide right now, and that's why why they are winning and they have created this trust. But also very important is that they are innovating consistently, and they have smart people. CZ say that, oh, well, don't give the credits to me, give this to my team because uh, Binance is doing so well because I have a great uh, team. And I say, yes, but you're still the leader, you're still the, the one who, are, who uh, has the dream there and is keeping control. Uh, but, and yeah, so the, the total, uh, the, the whole idea of Binance and the operation, I think, and the success of Binance is dependent on their proper operation, like providing good services to the customers, ethically presenting, not doing crazy things like other exchanges try to do. 
and uh, yeah, that's why they are uh, there. And uh, yeah, and also some people they are afraid of um, big companies taking uh, uh, so much big power from the crypto. Well, I don't see any practical risk right now because Binance has a clear policies and is not uh, playing with the people's money. Okay, it's it's very clear that one, and uh, we need someone which is strong to keep the market. And in order to have global ad crypto adoption, we're gonna need exchanges like Binance or any other, which is because there are also good other exchanges like OKX, for example, like KuCoin, and some a few others which have good services. But we're gonna need uh, crypto exchanges that people will trust and will have the will provide the services to the people so they can enter the crypto market. And I, I don't see practically, at, at least until now, any uh, bad reason or I'd say like any a bad effect from that. Yeah, of course, what the people are afraid of is what was happening at FTX, where they were essentially operating like a bank, where they were taking customer deposits and on lending it to friends and fellow companies. And while there's no regulations, that was the temptation that they will dip into your money and they will use it for purposes for which you did not give them permission. I just want to turn to some of the other projects that failed over the last year. Terra Luna, we mentioned that, Voyager, Celsius, FTX, Alameda Research, BlockFi. All of these look like it was a failure of centralized projects. Now, maybe explain the difference between centralization and decentralization in crypto. And are we seeing a bigger swing to decentralized exchanges like Uniswap, which is controlled by computer code rather than humans? I mean, earlier you said actually everything ultimately ends up being controlled by somebody or something. So just explain the difference between these two. So uh, Celsius Network was, for example, supposed to be decentralized. <laughs> it was not decentralized, of course. BlockFi also was fully centralized. So what these people did is, is that, and the reason that all this project failed, is that they get too greedy with the uh, with, uh, markets and uh, they start lending and borrowing to each other uh, left and right. And they messed up with no risk management and they messed up with billions of dollars from the customers. For example, when people was depositing money to FTX, the money was going to Alameda Research. And there was not even CEO there. There was not even accountant for the money, something that people wouldn't know because FTX had the second position as the biggest exchange and didn't know anything about it. Then we had the Terra Luna, which is uh, was supposed to be decentralized with an algorithmic stablecoin, USDC, which collapsed because there was not ever tested in the market to see if can uh, survive in a bear market. CZ said about the fail of uh, Terra Luna, that was actually a mistake, which means that uh, some people, for example, say that it was a Ponzi scheme and say different uh, things. And I agree more with uh, CZ because there was good how it was uh, created as a as, uh, uh, machine, but there was none ever tested if can resist an attack from somebody trying to speculate and to, to uh, destroy it. And that happens. So right now we have several different decentralized projects, which are at the point decentralized, which means that uh, there is no person who can uh, just uh, change everything on it and take a decision and, and destroy it uh, to zero. But when you have, for example, uh, big one of the decentralized is Uniswap, as you said, but there are too many. It's PancakeSwap, and there are too many different uh, projects. But also on the decentralized projects right now, there is still a community which says that guys, uh, we think 
think that this idea should be good. Now vote if you like or not. And most of the people usually will vote. So <laughs> at the point, this is also uh, still uh, centralized. So I think the biggest problem about the, the centralization and that people fear is that uh, they have the, the pain from the bank system and the governments, which when they don't like and the, the corruption that has, has happened from the existing system and they don't want anybody to control anything, you know. But uh, until we see some decentralized protocols on the crypto space, like being really very stable and organized and in a balance, it will take a few more years at least for that to happen. Because we had, for example, the number one Bitcoin, and then we saw that there was no profitable for many companies to mine it because this needs a lot of energy to mine it. And then we saw big companies being able to mine. And uh, I think now the 51% of the power of mining is from uh, four, three, four or five companies, something like that right now, which means that potentially or theoretically they could control it. Or the other, uh, the second biggest decentralized project is Ethereum right now. And I say before the possibility of banks, if they put their trillions of dollars and other wealth management uh, investors do the same, they could potentially control the protocol over time, which we don't know now what's going to happen. But uh, still, uh, even in the way that is right now the market for people who understand the crypto, uh, at least at some basic point, it's, it's still a very good option to use it, in my opinion. All right. I know people hate this when you put them on the spot, but I want to get your predictions for 2023. What, what do you think is going to happen in the crypto market this year? Well, uh, about the price, nobody knows right now and not even me i don't know one person who knows with certainty what's going to happen i ask even cz and he say i don't know guys <laughs> because there is different it's, it's very difficult to predict what's going to do the fed what's going to do the uh, russia what's going to do uh wf or what's going to do us you know it, it's when you con don't control you don't know exactly what's going to happen but there's certain things that you can see uh, based on the indicators that the economy is not expected to go up for this, it's not so good news for, for 2023. So you don't expect much on the price of, of the cryptos. But that's not the thing that people should focus, in my opinion. What should people focus is the adoption and the use of cryptocurrency, because that is what will increase the value over time. And for 2023, we're going to see definitely, definitely more crypto adoption than ever before, no matter what happens with the price of the crypto. I see every day new projects coming, the existing projects uh, advertising more, going more to, to spaces uh, and expanding, getting licenses around, regulations which are very, very important and vital actually for, uh, and I may have to give some uh, additional information here. The more money is going to come from institutional investors than from the banks in the in in few years. And what the institutional investors are waiting to put trillions of dollars are regulations, clear regulations, so they are allowed because some of the institutional investors they are not allowed to have on their portfolio crypto if there are not certain regulations, and that is what will uh, what will uh, give the value over time. And then 24, by at least by the middle of 24, like the worst case scenario, is expected the, the crypto to go another rally and then to continue the crypto and also the market going up. But for me, the biggest opportunity is 23. It's not 24 because the crypto will go up or 25. It's now that is blood on the market, uh, uncertainty, fear, 
and is the crypto law now is the the time for people to learn to uh, look for opportunities and etc and and to uh yeah to take the opportunities that are available okay good all right tell me about your book you've just published a book the bible of cryptocurrency which i see is up on amazon.com who is this book aimed at is it the novice the the beginner is it the more advanced or everybody well, I, I would say that is uh, for beginners and uh, also for people who have uh, some understanding, but they are they don't have a really full picture of uh, of the crypto. So I've been to crypto for many years. I, I started since 2012, but not too much. I started mostly from 2017, and uh, I have spent tens of thousands of hours on research and myself have done more than 2,000 something videos and articles. I'm full-time in the crypto making content for my audience which is over 120,000 right now and, and keep growing. And uh, I did I wrote this book uh, in a, for, with the purpose to help anyone to have a full understanding on uh, the crypto, Bitcoin, blockchain, uh, because Bitcoin and blockchain also is very important for people to know before they go to other cryptos as well to understand these two and also the opportunities with NFTs, with DeFi, etc. And on this book, I, I give a very simple explanation of how all this works, the risks that somebody uh, can can have, like the risks that are in the crypto and maybe somebody may lose money just by not knowing some risks that exist, but also the basic opportunities that somebody can find on the crypto and uh, use it without being super expert on analysis, technical analysis, and like every day being crazy to look what's happening with the crypto, they still can benefit with simple steps. And a lot of people right now say, what is crypto? How can, or how do I know where to invest? Well, how do I know that this is not going to go to zero, that, that crypto? Or how do I know that this is going to go up over time? Well, all this I cover, I covered as a summary of all my experience that I have for over, uh, 10 years right now, but mostly, let's say, uh, six years on the crypto market with 230 pages. Right. And of course, you do have a YouTube channel. It's uh, Giannis Andreo, uh, which uh, I've quite liked because what you do is you take a subject and you cover it very briefly. You don't have to watch a, a two hour episode. You can like in, in eight minutes or 10 minutes uh, get the, the subject well covered. And I think your research is, is, is excellent. I want to just talk about the impact of regulations on the market. And this is my final question. In, in South Africa, crypto companies will have to be licensed this year as financial services providers. The aim of that is to close down many of the scams that have grown up in this country. And South Africa has become a kind of nursery for scams in the crypto space. What impact is this going to have on the market? Is this going to throttle good projects that might otherwise have come up or is it going to be all beneficial what do you think well always before something is good developed like we we've, before we have a big development we see uh, some pain and uncertainty and some problems and stops uh, on on the development before that but uh, i do believe that this, this is going to be for good I mean, it's not going to be 100% perfect for all the crypto projects, but uh, they are now 
thousands or maybe tens of thousands of crypto scams around the world and they're going crazy. I, I know that there are every month possibly um, hundreds of millions of dollars lost just from uh, crypto scams around the world. And that's because of missing uh, crypto regulations. You know, and uh, yeah, it is very important for for the project to be able to go through the requirements of governments and to and the, uh, from the regulations and to be able to provide what is needed to, and to be to clear this market. So people also uh, then trust the the cryptos because there's a lot of like there are millions of people who have lost money with uh, crypto because they get too greedy and they lost uh, when it goes down or because they go to uh, by mistake to crypto scams etc so over time regulation will will be good for for cryptos even for south africa or for uae or for us or for every every country i don't know what exactly is going to be the regulations or what's the plans but for example, for regulations that are in US and EU until now, even if some people doesn't like few things about there, that uh, sp few specific things about these regulations, the, the most uh, reviews that I have seen about this is that are is going to be positive for the crypto, for the uh, global adoption. And also very important, as I said before, for the uh, institutional investors, because there is the big money and that's what's going to give value over time. And uh, yeah, so and the, the good projects, they're going to survive. They're going to go through any regulation and they're going to remain. But the, the projects that deserves to be there and that people should trust, for example, and uh, participate on them. Right. And just for our South African listeners, of course, you're no stranger to South Africa. You've been here, I think, several times and, uh, and no doubt will be coming yeah. again in the future. It was four months last year, one and a half months in uh, Cape Town and two and a half months in Johannesburg as well. And I enjoyed it. Well, we look forward to seeing you back in South Africa again. Giannis Andreo, thanks so much for joining us on the Money Web Crypto Podcast. And uh, please stay in touch and let us know what's happening with your research. Push it our way. Let's get it out there. Thank you, too. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Money Web Crypto Podcast. Hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.